Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, everybody. Welcome to Astros Baseball. It's Tuesday, October 15th. I am your host, Rob Fontenot. In this episode, I am joined by Freddie. He is a Yankees podcaster. He hosts the Yankees Passion Podcast. So I had the idea to look someone up on Anchor that had a Yankees podcast that was pretty active just to see if he would want to join the show after the game. And we did this pregame, so both of us agreed to it, not knowing who won. And so we recapped the game, uh, talked about Garrett Cole, talked about the Cy Young. He uh, talked a little bit about uh, Jose Altuve. We also talked about game two. I felt like it was a must win for the Astros, but he is going to talk about game two as a must-win situation from a Yankees fan perspective. We talked about a lot more. Um, I think it went very well. I think you will enjoy it, folks, and hopefully we can do it again. So sit back, relax, and listen to this episode, Rob and Freddie from Yankees Passion Podcast. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Astros Baseball. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot. Uh, the Astros win 4-1 to one tonight. They take a 2-1 to one series lead in the American League Championship Series over the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole was dealing. I am joined tonight by the host of the Yankees Passion Podcast. You care to introduce yourself, sir? Welcome Absolutely. to the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rob. I really do appreciate it. And uh, just, you know, like a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Freddie. I do run Yankees Passion Podcast. I just started it about... Uh, well, actually, this year, right before the season started um, during spring training, and uh, I was actually doing it off of some other platform, but then I found Anchor recently again, so I was able to start up, and now I've just been pretty much uh, uploading, usually after every series, except for the playoffs, of course. Yeah, that seems to, that you do it about I do. I like to do a uh, recap of a series and then kind of preview this next series coming up. Exactly. Uh, so what... What got you started in podcasting? For myself, I just had a couple of guys at work that wanted to start one, and they were trying to think of an idea. And I just came across Anchor, like searching it. So I decided to try it out, and I, and I found it to be pretty easy. And I just kept doing it. Yeah, I mean that's basically uh, yeah the way I mean the way I got started actually was 
uh, for a while, I didn't even really know much about podcasts per se. I was, I actually had like an Android phone and I never really looked into it. Then I finally got uh, an iPhone again and um, I started, you know, messing around with Apple podcasts and me being the big Yankee fan that I am and uh, even sports in general. Um, I just ended up searching, you know, a couple of podcasts, Yankee podcasts, and I started getting into a few other ones. And uh, I was like, you know, this is something I would love to start doing. I, I, I've been watching baseball pretty much my whole life, uh, played baseball for most of my life. So I figured, hey, why not give it a shot? And like you said, once once I found Anchor, and it is very easy, uh, and that's I'm not just saying that it really is that easy. Um, yeah. I mean, I figured, why not? Might as well take a run at it for sure. Okay, so even when I started doing the podcast, I didn't even listen to them. And I, even when, even at the beginning when I did start them, I didn't even listen to other ones. But uh, once you start listening to them, uh, it, you can really get into them. They're really good. Uh, if you find a good 30-minute to an hour one, you can kill your drive to work. Uh, I find them pretty good. I think they're the new wave of the future. They might... Uh, you know, they might be the radio's demise maybe someday because yeah. you pretty much have on-demand radio. Absolutely. And all the guys on radio are doing them. Yeah, I completely 100% agree because, like I said, I mean, even before that, I never really – I don't feel like I was as connected, per se, with, with, with sports as much as I am now with the podcast because I'm always – seeing, you know, other perspectives of, of other fans and other uh, sports broadcasters or shows. And it's just more accessible and quick. And um, like you said, it's, it's on-demand radio, basically. And you can choose what you want to hear. And it's just awesome. Yeah. So one thing that I learned when I started my podcast is that there's a lot of things I didn't know. I had to learn about... Uh, and I can't even think of the word of it now, but arbitration, things like arbitration and uh, player options and different things, things to pay attention to in, in sports. But now that you do a podcast, you kind of got to learn a new uh, couple of things here and there. Uh, is there anything you picked up along the way, you know, doing your podcast? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to hit on what you said, um, definitely, especially now. So with, um, you know, baseball, especially having so much more analytical and they look at every single number of every single type of play or anything out there. So uh, definitely having to look more into statistics more than I already did, uh, finding the little things that kind of stand out that you may have not even realized before, even even, um, you know, just watching games, you, you're 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 constantly in that podcast mindset where you're like, oh, yeah, OK, this is good for me to remember for the podcast. This is good for me. to. So even with the, just watching the game, you feel so much more connected to uh, the team and the game itself. And, and that really helped me, you know, learn just stuff like that for sure. Yeah, something I find myself doing is uh, if I see a pretty cool stat or something on Twitter, I'll screenshot it. And I, the same way as you are, I'm like, hey, that's a pretty good subject or that's something pretty good to say. Uh, so anyway, before we jump into uh, the American League Championship Series, uh, what are your thoughts about what's going on in the National League? Well, uh, let me tell you, um, especially after tonight, uh, it's kind of crazy how the Cardinals got a little bit of a taste of what they did to the Braves in that last game um, uh, of the uh, DS, where they had that 11, what was it, like seven run first inning? 
10 or 10, right. They had a, yeah, 10 run first inning. And then they got a little bit of a taste where the nationals got like seven runs against them right off the bat. So um, it, listen, the nationals are one of those teams that I, I for, for a while there. Um, I mean, I kind of figured it was going to die out once they hit the Astros or even us uh, with the Rays. They just have that, that kind of thing where they just don't want to lose. They just look like a team on a mission. And it's pretty surprising, especially with the nationals bullpen, not being, what it what 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 it usually would be for a, for an elite playoff team, and um, they just they just seem to be hitting the ball very well and doing everything right. Pretty uh, shock, especially with uh, Bryce Harper not there. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like it's pretty. Uh, it almost makes you think like you really rather not spend these crazy contracts on high uh, leverage players, which I always thought Bryce Harper wasn't. I mean, he's good, but he I never really thought he was the game changer player that uh, he kind of sometimes is brought out to be. But, yeah, they're looking very impressive. Yeah, so uh, what's funny about that is you have this, whatever he made, $200, $300 million, you, have, you lose this guy that every team in baseball wanted, and then you, you've gone farther in the playoffs than ever without him. Right, exactly. And be, before the playoffs started, I don't know if you did your little bracket I know I didn't do it, but I saw quite a bit of people picking uh, Washington. I just assumed the Dodgers were going to make it again three times in a row. I didn't really give anybody else a chance, uh, but it looks like the Nationals are there. I mean, they're up seven to four in the top of the ninth. They're already up three games to zero. They went eight to one, three to one, two to zero. I mean, they're taking it to them, and uh, that's who one of us are going to face next. Yeah, absolutely. And um, listen, that's like I said. That's one of those things that you you really, especially with baseball, uh, you can never underestimate a team no matter um, how good or how small you think they are. Every team can can beat you at any given time uh, in any sport, really, but baseball more so than any. All right, so now let's get to this American League series. Um, Let's talk about Sunday's game. I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, Yankees take game one against Grinky. And uh, at least from my point of view and what I've heard from the Astros side and Astros fans and in my own heart, I felt like Sunday's game was a must win. How did that feel for Yankees fans as far as it being a must win for the Astros? Well, uh, Listen, basically after what happened in 2017 um, and then even last year even, but uh, more so 2017, we, as far as myself, I always felt, you know, when going into that series that the Yankees, if we could win one out of those two, I would feel okay. Um, But the way that the game went, uh, then it starts to turn into you have to have that game. Um, if it was kind of like an out-of-reach kind of game, I would be like, okay, whatever. We lost the one in, in, in Houston. Now we, we come to New York. And as you remember, in 2017, um, the home team was dominant. So I was like, okay, at least we put ourselves in a situation where maybe if we can kind of do that same thing and win three games at home, uh, we can kind of close the series out. But, of course, that didn't happen. But, um, yeah, it was definitely – I feel like game two was a very pivotal game for the series for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know. I would think as a Yankee fan, you wouldn't feel that it was super pivotal because you've already canceled out the home field advantage. 
by winning game one, seven to zero, you shut us out. We couldn't score. And then it took the Astros 11 innings to put you away in game two. I think the Astros definitely, definitely needed that because we don't want to go to the Bronx. We don't want to go, go on the road to uh, New York down two games to zero. Cause you know, historically the home team usually has the best record uh, in all these series. Yeah. And not only that, but um, the other big thing is, is that we uh, Yankee fans knew right away who we were going to be facing in game three. So that alone right there was kind of like, yeah, um, that kind of, I think more than anything made it to where game two felt like more of a needed win than you, it would be normally per se, because we just knew, I mean, AJ Cole was blowing everybody out and uh, okay. That that alone right there was kind of like we don't have a, a great shot against Cole. Uh, even if we are in Yankee Stadium, he's just he's just that good that you know losing this game it can easily end up being two to one Astros uh, in the series, which is exactly what ended up happening. Okay, so if you look at it from that point, that's a good point of view to look at it. I wasn't thinking about that, but as a Yankee fan, like you said, you're thinking, okay, we need this because we're probably not going to win game three and we're going to be down two to one. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. So I was going to ask you going into this game with Cole against Severino, how confident were you that the Yankees could pull this game out? Well, I don't, I, I try, I try to be optimistic when it comes to, to these series, but the thing is that the way that the Yankees offense looked in game two, and you have to, uh, the thing is too, Yankee fans were really looking at the two, you know, Verlander and Cole as being the must, must at least have to win at least one of those because right. especially with Verlander after 2017 and pretty much yeah, last year, this year, we, we just can never uh, beat Verlander. And that was one of those, I mean, those two games are kind of like the games where we have to at least prove that if it does happen to go into that situation where we're back in Houston for game six and seven, that we at least feel like, Hey, maybe we have a shot against Verlander or Cole, but when we lose both games and not only lose both games, but our offense just completely, completely shut down uh, on both. It just makes us feel like, well, I mean, it's, it's almost like you feel like you don't have a shot against these two pitchers. So, I mean, as, as right. far as that, the confidence going into game three was not the highest. Um, but, of course, I mean, you're playing at home. Um, uh, you have that little bit of hope that maybe, you know, we get going and we're, we're allowed and, and maybe we're able to work the count and maybe do what nobody else could do and beat A.J. Cole. But uh, that wasn't the case tonight. <laughs> All right. So... I just wanted to uh, correct you a little bit. Mm -hmm. AJ Hinch is the manager, and Garrett Cole is the pitcher. Oh, Garrett Cole! What am I calling him? AJ Cole? <laughs> yeah, I oh wasn't. I wasn't. Thank you for correcting me. It, it didn't bother me at all, but yeah, I mean, I should know that. I mean, we drafted him, and then you know, we didn't end up. I mean, that's another thing that I feel too is that I feel like the Yankees deserve this because. I mean, we had a chance to get Verlander when he was going up, when he was up and we didn't want to grab him. We didn't want to spend or anything like that. And then the same thing with Cole when he was with the Pirates, there was a trade offer. And I forgot, I know it was Anduar and somebody else that they wanted. I can't yeah. remember the other person, but um, we had our opportunity. And, and the Yankees now are, are not the, you know, the old Yankees that I'm used to anyway. 
Um, they're they're trying to be more fiscally responsible, I guess. But then you look at contracts like Stanton and Ellsbury, and you're like, well, maybe not. And they just, I, I don't know. They're just doing things that are very odd. Right. So from an Astros uh, point of view, as far as me being a fan, mm-hmm. I we lose game one, but you can see in a seven-game series, more than likely, I don't know if it's impossible, but Verlander and Cole are both going to pitch twice. And as long as we win those games, we can't lose a seven-game series. Exactly. That's exactly So right. you're, you're feeling the same way then. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so here in a few minutes, I'm going to take a quick break. We have to uh, let the sponsor speak so we can uh, have the giveaway. I'm giving away the fans of the podcast a ball cap. And so, you know, you got to pay the bills here. Absolutely. So we'll take a quick break and All right, and we're back with Rob and Freddie, New York Yankees, Houston Astros, American League Championship Series. Let's recap the game, go over the scoring. Uh top of the first, second batter of the game. Uh Jose Altuve solo. Home run. What were you feeling after that happened? Uh, here we go again. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> that's really the best, especially with Altuve. I, I re- listen, I respect the hell. First of all, let me just put this out there real quick because this kind of has to do with uh, Jose Altuve just being as great as he is. Um, I, I respect the hell out of the Astros. I really, I really don't understand why there's, you know, sometimes I'll see Yankee fans, um, you know, on the social media, you know, talking bad about Houston or vice versa, really. Um, yeah. And it's like, I never understood. I'm like, uh, there's no reason to be hating on a team because they're, they're good. I mean, they're, they're better. There's nothing. There's, I don't know why you would hate for that. And uh, that's, that's what I mean with Otuve. I mean, he's, he's known for always beating us. He's, he's just that damn good. And uh, you know, that's, that was, I mean, it was a hanging slider, but uh, you can't make that pitch to Altuve and expect him not to hit it out. Uh, he's just too good. Then that's, that's literally all I kept thinking. I was like, we can't even get out of the first inning. These, which is what I pretty much expect, especially with uh, Cole on the mound. I'm like, oh man, now we're one nothing feels like five nothing when he's on the mound. So it's like, oh, that's man. true. So what you were saying about the uh, fan, the uh, fans hating the Astros and vice versa, I really think the smack talk and the things that people say on social media is what drives people to hate the teams. Because I don't really think they hate the teams. I think they just hate the people that like the teams because, you know, the Astros are getting good and their their fans are getting a little obnoxious. You know, it's just it's just what comes. You know, you get a little confident, you get a little obnoxious. Yeah, I'm, it just comes right. with the territory. It's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't like the Cowboys because of their fans. You've got Cowboy fans. Uh, let's say they lose to the Jets. They just lost to the 0-4 Jets, mm-hmm. and all their response is, is, we won so many Super Bowls. You know, but you haven't won a Super Bowl since the 90s, so that's kind of thing. That's just my example. Yeah. I mean – So top of – oh. No, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, the, the, the teams, you can't – I mean, I, don't, I never understood that because even uh, vice versa, like there's a lot of uh, – here's an example. I mean, being in New York, you have the Mets and the Yankees, and – um 
you know, a lot, I deal with a, a, a lot of Mets fans. I know a few of them and they're always like hating on the Yankees. I'm like, but what you should focus more of that hate on your own team for not putting out a product. Don't, why are you hating on us for being good? I mean, that's literally why you hate us because we're good and we talk that's like it. we're good. I mean, you focus <laughs> that on your own team. So I've never, first of all, I've always actually loved the Astros. I respect the hell. Like when was it? 2018, 27. When they, when we lost to the Astros in 2017, I was rooting for them in the, in, in the world series when they were playing the Red Sox, of course. But I mean, even if they were yeah. playing somebody else, I would have rooted for them too, because I just respect the good team. I, I, I can never hate on a good team. They're just good. <laughs> right. So you're talking about the Mets hating on the Yankees. The the Mets made a lot of offseason moves, and I, I, for one, was expecting them to be way better than they were. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did, but I didn't at the same time because they have a problem with their ownership. Uh, you know, they, they hire an agent as a GM, which is like, I don't understand that at all. And not only that, yeah. but then the agent slash GM – then signs a guy, uh, a reliever that was a Met before and did horrible with the Mets. And then, of course, does horrible again with the Mets uh, being uh, familiar. So, I mean, they're just doing odd things, too. So, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, focus that energy on, on making, you know, getting your own team better. I agree with you. Uh, top of the second, Astros back at it with a leadoff solo homer. So second inning, first batter, we got a two to zero lead on you. And Josh Reddick was actually benched in game one for Kyle Tucker. And then Marisnik started game two. I don't know if you want to call it a benching. He didn't get benched for playing bad, I guess, but they just wanted to give these other guys a shot. Tucker got a shot because he was left-handed, the left-handed pitcher. Then they gave Marisnik a chance. And I was really surprised that Reddick didn't get the start, but he sure did come back. And I came back in a big way with that uh, second deck home run over there in right field, two to zero Astros. Yeah. Uh, listen, Marisnik is one of those guys that I feel like he's uh, a bit underrated. Um, I actually, being that I do live, like I said, in Florida, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, as you know, the Astros spring training is in West Palm Beach, and that's where I live in West Palm. So uh, I've gone to games and I've seen, uh, you know, Marisnik play and, um, I really do think he's underrated. Uh, he has a pretty good bat um, and his outfielding is pretty good. So uh, especially, like you said, being a lefty in Yankee Stadium with, with the pop in his bat, uh, I'm really not that shocked. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys that I think keeps it simple at the plate. He doesn't really think too much. And uh, I think that's sometimes what happens with Severino when, when he's, you know, sometimes he's dominant. I think guys like to think too much. Same thing with uh, the way the Yankees acted with Cole. Uh, when you think too much at the plate, usually you're going to think wrong. So um, I wasn't really shocked. And once again, it was one of those another hanging pitches right in the middle of the zone, especially to a lefty. It's going to be very easy to hit over. So, um, yeah. Right. So, so we're talking about Josh Reddick, and I think you were talking about Marisnik. And Marisnik is the pretty boy that doesn't hit very well, but he's the best outfielder. And if that dude could hit, that guy would be making lots of money. Oh, it was Reddick. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Reddick. I'm so the, mad at the Yankees right now. All I'm thinking about are the, the guys on the Yankees, right? I can't even think. You are totally lost <laughs> because you are upset. I really am. And I, and I uh, normally know these things. Believe me. I just, I'm like, I'm completely lost with this team right now. <laughs> it, it's all good. I understand. 
Uh, top of the seventh, we had the bases loaded. The pitcher was uh, Hanley, I believe. I don't remember who. I'm Hanley, three to zero. We score on a wild pitch. Eula Guriel with a sack fly makes it four to zero. Bottom of the eighth, Glaber Torres solo home run, four to one. That's the final. And the thing about Glaber Torres is uh, when he was a rookie. I was playing fantasy baseball and I picked him up and I was like, this dude is really good. And he seems like the best player in your lineup, right? Yeah. Now. Uh, easily. Um, and that's the, that's the thing. He's, he's so young. He's only 22 years old and uh, he's making all the veterans and people that have been playing for years and actually having more playoff experience than him look um, horrible because he's just, he, once again, keeping it simple, I feel like that has a lot to do with it. He, he just keeps it simple, sees a pitch he can, thinks he can drive, and, and he'll take his walks, as you saw. He got his two walks, say, one for two, um, and he got his home run. But uh, when you have guys like Didi Gregorius that goes 0 for 4 with five men left on base swinging at the first pitch, especially when um, Garrett Cole was just – he threw, what, nine balls in a row – Walk, uh, you know, loaded the bases, and and then you swing at the very first pitch, and then the same thing with Encarnacion, uh, oh for four again. I'm sorry, one for four in that game. Mm. He got that one double, but other than that, that was his first yeah. hit of the ALCS. So, I mean, that's usually what happens when you can't, you know, get get guys in when they're on base. You're gonna lose games, especially against the Astros. I mean, you you have opportunities like that, especially with a guy like uh, Garrett Cole, and you can't drive those runs in. You're going to lose for sure. Um, so let me ask you this. We have a young superstar ourselves who should be the rookie of the year, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, just checking with someone that's not an Astros fan. Do you know anything about Jordan Alvarez? Have you heard the buzz about him? And if you have, how surprised are you that he has done nothing, well, nothing in this series so far? Um, to answer the first part of your question, I, I, I definitely know about him. Um, he had what, 27 home runs in the season after playing only a few months. Uh, he was called up, but what month was it? I was it July. I think he was in June in June. Okay. So he only played basically half a season and he already hit 27 home runs on the season. Uh, something yeah. like that. So, I mean, he was, he was having video game numbers for those months. Uh, just, he was looking like an impossible out. And, uh, I mean, the second part, surprise that he's doing nothing, not really. And only because, like you said, I mean, he is a rookie. And uh, the thing a lot of these guys, uh, you know, once you get into playoffs, you get into um, high-caliber elite teams, you, you kind of – the nerves kind of get, get to you, especially being a rookie. Um, I don't think – I mean, we had that problem actually with Severino when he first – when he first, we had him in the wild card game uh, when he was – just uh, his first year being a starter and you could see it. He had the same exact reaction. He was great all year, went into the playoffs and he was getting hit all over the place. And, and that, that happens with young players. Uh, sometimes the stage gets a little bit too big and it goes back to my point before of trying to keep things simple. That has a lot to do with it when it's loud and the playoffs and the expectations are so high. Sometimes you just want to do too much when you should just kind of let the ball come to you and kind of do what, what, what you know you can do when the pitch is right. Definitely hoping they can get him straightened out because Yankee Stadium uh, lines up very well for him. So, yeah, definitely. I don't know how much more he's going to have to struggle for them to take him out. But yet to get a hit in the ALCS. And he actually struggled in September as well, too. 
I think his average was around 336, and he ended up with about 316. So he did struggle. Uh, but one, uh, an, in, an interesting thing that I noted uh, on my last podcast was a Garrett Cole, Jordan Alvarez uh, combination. As long as Alvarez has been in the league doing what he's been doing, rookie of the year campaign, Garrett Cole has not lost a game. Yeah. The last time you lost a game, Alvarez was still in the minors. Yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty darn incredible. Um, what was that? That's 11, 11 games in a row with multiple, with, with uh, double digit strikeouts or something like that, or, or with something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, anytime you so make from, all those swings and misses, and, and, and that's pretty crazy. That, that's when you know you have an elite team. You have more than one player that gets things done, and, and that's what happens. So from a New York Yankee fan perspective, do you think the front runners for Cy Young both playing for Houston? And if you do, who are you picking, Garrett Cole or Verland? Uh, I have to go with uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Cole. I have to. I mean, uh, he's – listen, when you have that many swing and misses, um, that consistently uh, – it's one thing to have it here and there. But, I mean, you're still – don't get me wrong. That's still fantastic. But when you're that consistent, you're winning all these games, and literally it doesn't really matter who you face out there, and you're just mowing them down. Um, you have to consider that for Cy Young. I mean, I don't see any other pitcher that I can think of that would even come close to that um, that type of – I mean, there's don't get me wrong. Like you said, Verland is one of them being the uh, very elite top of the line. But, I mean, Garrett Cole is just in another world with uh, how good his breaking pitches are and um, right. striking people out. It's not easy. I mean, I, I know that there's a lot more strikeouts in baseball, but let me tell you, Major league hitters, they, they, it's very hard to get double-digit strikeouts uh, on, on a team all these times. I mean, you have to have good stuff and good command to be able to do th- uh, things like that. So, yeah, definitely Garrett Cole, Cy Young all the way. So, for a while, I had Justin Verlander winning it. Verlander had his no-hitter. At the time, he had 20 wins. Strike. But Garrett Cole just came... I don't want to say out of nowhere, but he just passed him. In my mind, he passed him at the end of the year. I don't think the 20 wins, the no-hitter, 300 strikeouts, is it's not going to make a difference. I think it's all Garrett Cole. Yeah, I'd have to agree. All right, so Astros had more opportunities to score, more than four runs. Uh, top of the first, they loaded the bases with two outs. Carlos Correa, who was the hero of game two, he couldn't deliver. Top of the fourth, Maldonado doubled. I think it was the leadoff double. No, there was two outs. So he got a runner on second with two outs. So that's a little bit of a chance. At least they had a runner in scoring position. And then they had two on with one out in the fifth inning. So there was only about really three innings that they had a chance to score um, other than when they actually scored. And then you look. At the Yankees, I think the Yankees left a lot of runs on base. But, again, you have to credit it to Garrett Cole. Uh, Like you said earlier, bases loaded, two outs for Gregorius. He didn't deliver. They had two on and two out. Judge struck out. Two on, two out. LeMahieu flew out. Two on, two out. Gregorius flew out. So you got Gregorius, Judge, like three really good hitters that all had chance to deliver. 
for the Astros, but they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, and I mean, uh, that's kind of, you know, last year we were actually, you know, bottom of the league when it came to, um, you know, average with runners in scoring position. And then this year we were near the top of the league. So it's very unlike uh, the Yankees to have that kind of performance. Um, and, and, and that was our biggest complaint after last year is that, you know, we, it's, it's great to have home run hitters and guys going for home runs, but you need guys that are able to, uh, to for lack of a better term, I guess, choke up on the bat, whatever you want to call it, to, to where they can kind of just, you know, get what they're given, uh, not try to force things. And that's what we tried to do with getting, you know, uh, LeMahieu and, and even Urshela that was uh, for a while was, was being our, our hero as well with, with guys in, on base with two outs. And it's just, listen, like I said, I mean, when you're playing elite teams in the playoffs, it's a different game. Uh, it's, you're you're going to have to be at your, your very best 100% of the time. And uh, it's just, it's just not going to happen for us like that. Okay, so let's move on to game four. If you look on uh, MLB, they have to be determined for both teams, for their pitchers. For the Astros, I believe it's going to be Arquiti, who's, who's actually done very good. It's someone no one's ever heard of. And manager Jay Hinch said it was more of a bullpen day. So from the Yankee side, who, what do you see happening in game four pitching-wise? Well, according to Boone, before game three, um, I don't know if it was today or yesterday he mentioned it, but he said he was going to be going with a bullpen game. But, uh, I mean, thankfully, Severino did get us through most of it. I don't know if he's still going to go that route. Uh, he, he wanted to do a bullpen game. But with the situation that we're in now, I don't know if maybe he'll go with uh, back to a Tanaka maybe since it's kind of one of those – must wins, I think. I think this is the biggest game of the series for the Yankees. I think if we lose this one, you might as well uh, pack the bags and call it a day. This series is over. I don't think that we're going to beat the Astros three games in a row before they just win one, especially going back, you know, having to go back to Houston for the last two. So um, it's a must win. So they could also play it to where they put their very best out there. They may play this game tomorrow as if it was like a game seven for that reason. I would, I would at least mm-hmm. hope that they do uh, because I really do feel like a, a team like the Astros, you cannot let them uh, get a three, three to one lead in the series. It's just, it's just not going to happen that way. So I'm thinking more, if, if not a bullpen game, uh, I'm thinking maybe to knock up. Um, but okay. knowing, knowing Boone, I, I still have a feeling he may go bullpen just to see. And if, if it gets to the point where the bullpen starts to get hit, he may put Tanaka in after uh, early in the game. I could see him doing that too. But um, I mean, Chad Green's been great for us this whole series. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I saw a lot of people complaining when Chad Green got taken out of the game on game two. They, they didn't think he should have been taken out. And they think that was one of the reasons that y'all lost. And I also heard one of the announcers say on the broadcast today that there was rumors that Chad Green would get the start in game four, but they used him. The, yeah, first to, for the first part, um, yeah, I definitely do think Chad Green should have stayed in, in game two for sure. Uh, the, the only thing is I, I, a lot of fans are kind of pointing as that being the reason, like you said, the reason why we lost. I don't think that's the reason why we lost. Um, when, when we were going into the, into the playoffs, uh, our biggest question mark was pitching in general. Um, especially starting pitching more so than ever. But 
Uh, and, you know, for, for us to limit an offense like the Astros uh, to two runs uh, up until the 11th inning, I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. And, and it's why, the reason why we lost is because we were unable to hit. Uh, that's, that's what it comes down right. to. You can blame Boone. Yes, I, I, I kind of agree, especially with the way Adovino was pitching. Uh, I would have rather had Chad Green continue that inning for at least another batter maybe to, and just or finish the inning, then maybe go to Adovino. But, I mean, regardless, I mean, one run after that, you only had two runs that you had to beat. And, and if it wasn't for Judge getting that two-run homer, we would have been shut out. So um, lack of offense is right. why we're losing these games, not pitching. Right. So when I tweeted after you guys won game one, uh, people were kind of ripping Grinky a little bit. And I tweeted, it doesn't matter who is pitching if you can't score. So yeah, it goes on just what true. you were saying. Like, you can't blame taking green out because we can't score, so we can't win if we can't produce any runs. So final thing, the uh, I read yesterday 100% chance of rain in New York. Is it looking like the game's going to get rained out? Yeah, uh, that I, when I was watching the game today, they were talking a little about it. They said that they're going to kind of – they didn't make any announcements today as far as the game. They said they'll basically kind of see how it goes tomorrow. But um, from, like you said, from looking at the weather reports, it's not looking promising. And anybody like myself who grew up in New York, lived in New York, uh, knows that when it does usually have a 100% chance to rain, it rains and it rains a lot. So uh, I – if I had a guess, I would say I, I would say probably eighty to ninety percent chance, might maybe even closer to ninety percent that there's not a game. And I guess if that happens, they, I guess that would be game four on uh, what would that would be Friday Thursday. or Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. game four will be on Thursday. So let me ask you this: so we would pitch the bullpen tomorrow, but what I've read is if there is a rainout tomorrow. Game four will go to Greenkey. So do you think it's going to be a Greenkey-Tanaka game if they do have a rain out so Tanaka gets another day of rest, or is he going to be ready yet? Um, it should. It should. They pitched against each other, so it should line up perfect, right? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point that I actually didn't even think of. Yeah, if you have that extra day, if it does rain, um, that does kind of change who you want to you know, have pitch out there. And I think uh, like Tanaka has shown in game one, he and pretty much throughout the season in general, when he does have those you know longer rest periods, he does seem to have more uh, sharpness on his breaking uh, pitches. So I can totally see a rematch of Tanaka and Greinke uh, on on Thursday if that does happen. All right, Freddie. Well, I appreciate you joining me here on the podcast. And if there is a rainout tomorrow, send me an invitation, and I will be your guest on Yankees Passion podcast that would be fantastic rob i do thank you very very much for inviting me once again uh this is a great thing we have going here and and for sure um yeah if, if we do have this rain out or anything we can uh, i'll definitely have you on for sure maybe we'll we'll, we'll, we'll calm down the yankee fans a little bit because they can get a little uh over dramatic sometimes <laughs> that's it for now folks I'd like to thank all of you guys for listening we'll see you next time on astros baseball
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.